Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Rurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with legendary chef Enat Admoni on the Get Up Nation show. The New York Times named her a fiercely determined chef. She grew up in Tel Aviv, worked as a cook in the Israeli army, and has spent more than 20 years in New York City, creating some of the finest restaurants the world has ever seen, including Kishkash, Taim, and Balabusta. She's also the author of two cookbooks called Balabusta and Shuk, which came out fall 2019. She describes her cooking as a way to express my love and compassion to those around me. It's also a way to connect the past, present, and future. The flavors, the smells, the sounds, they flood me with memories and bring me instantly back to my childhood. They make me feel whole. In this episode of the Get Up Nation show, she shares her insights into resilience and inspires us all to go all in when it comes to living the life you desire to live. Well, first of all, let's talk about your new cookbook. New cookbook's out. What led to the creation of this cookbook? cookbook was super personal, was cover a lot of Israeli food, but also Mediterranean, a lot of my personal story inside, some food from the restaurant, some food that I cook at home. But the second cookbook, the Shuk, was the idea of all my kind of relation to the market in Israel and the way I grew up of buying everything from the market, but also to try to get something that it's very authentic. I think that's what it is. There is a lot of cookbook in this country now about Middle Eastern and Israeli food, but I always feel like the people that write them is the people that they didn't grow up with this food. It's not something, the relation is very different to them. Hmm. So I think there is a lot of, it's, I think I'm the only Mizrahi uh, Israeli woman that's writing and, you know, at the moment anyway, for what I see outside. So that's one thing. But it's also like I want and my publisher together with my co-writer is to create something that is super 
kind of like a Bible for Israeli cuisine in the Middle East and you know obviously from my perspective and my eyes amazing will you go into that a little bit your earliest memories of cooking going to the market and how cooking became something so important to you so I grew up in a Jewish family next to Tel Aviv my parents got very religious when I was a teenager and even before and they always had Shabbat dinner and that's like that's what actually I'm doing right now mm. making a crazy meal for tonight but like the idea is that like every Thursday we would start prepping for the Shabbat and cooking all this crazy meal and and I didn't have much choice when I started and then I used to go with my dad to the market coming back and helping my mom to cook for every every weekend for us is like Thanksgiving wow. basically hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> wow. and it's the one thing that I actually I'm not religious at all my husband is French so we have a lot of culture in the house but like there is one I don't like religion much but there is like I like tradition a lot so hmm. this is the one one main thing I kept as, you know, a tradition in my house. For me, I think it's easier. My mom likes to cook, but not as much as me. For me, it's actually very enjoyable. Mm. It's not just like a chore or something mandatory you need to do. It, it's come with a lot of happiness on the creation. Mm. I love that. Now, you served in the Israeli army during the Gulf War as a cook as well, right? You've described the amount of tension that existed at that time in the world. Will you share how you coped with this stress and tension to stay resilient through those experiences? First, I start in the military in the Air Force as a driver. And then I start cooking. We have a, a, a small division of in the Air Force of pilots. So I used to cook for them at the beginning. And I, but also I realized during my life that everywhere I went, I live, I live in Germany for four years in, in RV, travel around and selling stuff in markets right after I finished military. But even then, I found myself, I always was the cook of everyone. Whoever hungry, I would cook for them. So I found myself every time like getting into that. Mm. It's not like something I chose as people like kind of like, you know. In the military, I became very fast a cook there. And I think that I can see that cooking always makes me feel very calm. So basically, whatever stress going on around, if it's personal, if it's global, whatever is that, cooking is putting me in a zen. It's like I think any other creative process hmm. that that's pushing me on ease and kind of almost like a meditation so hmm. i think that was very helpful at that time some of the ingredients that you love you've described that paprika turmeric and cumin are some of the spices you use the most and some of the herbs you use the most are cilantro mint and parsley will you share why you focus heavily on these ingredients in your cooking i have a lot of different ingredients that i like and i try to explore more and more and more in around that region but i think this is i don't know if it's my favorite but i think it's the most common in my cooking it's, it's turmeric my mom is iranian so turmeric and she grew up in iraqi home so turmeric was a basic for everything mm. like we have turmeric and it's also super healthy but also she used to do a lot of barat which is very iraqi so turmeric and paprika and cumin i think they're very essential for this cuisine no matter what so it's come very easy and i'm really big on herbs also because i grew up with iranian mom and they have on a table you know when we have a meal we have like the like like thai people we have like a plate full of herbs mm. it will be tarragon it will be rashad which is similar to watercress we will have some cilantro and mint and things that are almost like a cleanser 
and a lot of stallions. So, so I think this tree, this is the tree main, and a lot of time they're going together, like in a kebab, a lot of meat. But some, but there is I have to, tonight a salad that there is mint and cilantro together, and mm-hmm. so each one have his own identity and his own story. But I think a lot of times they're coming perfect together. Mm-hmm. The name Balabusta is a reference to a woman in a family who gathers the family together. You named one of your restaurants Balabusta and made it a place of comfort. With all the tensions that exist in the world today, how does Balabusta serve as a place of comfort for your customers? Yeah, Balabusta is like a perfect housewife. For me, it's not just this woman. You know, back in the days, you want to be a Balabusta. This was your destiny. That's basically you need to be good in all the household stuff. You know, you need to know how to cook and how to clean and how to get the kids and how to like there is so many like elements that it was important and I think today as much as I always find Balabusta the whole idea of it is super impressive like it's I found it later that it's super like basically the engine of all my career the Balabusta things like uh, and it's really helpful for me but it's very tricky because I'm Israeli and there is a lot of politics as well regarding the Middle East conflict and all that but for me food is a totally different story and for me food is something to break in bread and and kind of like bridges together and then to separate them i just heard yesterday story of a woman i have so many stories like that that the first date they married for many years the first date was at balabusta and then i have another woman that said her mom was at cancer and the last meal was at balabusta that's the way you want to go she was at the end and like stories like that I heard in the last 10 years of people that have a spiritual and emotional connection to my restaurant, which is like so amazing for me. Also for the Jewish community, the Balabustan name, it's something that like people my age around, like they heard that all the childhood, but it's kind of disappeared from the world. Mm. And I brought it back and everybody like, oh my God, my grandma used to call me Bala. Like they have a, a something that, and Beside the Jewish community, I think this name is have a very nice string and, and a lot of meaning personally for me. Hmm. You've said one time that the best cook you know is your aunt, Hannah. Will you describe how she has impacted you as a person as well as a chef? I think it's not just about the... I don't, I don't think it's just about... She's the best cook I know. Everything she touches is just delicious. Hmm. But I think it's a little bit more than that. I think it's for me showing generosity with the food. Hmm. And that means you will never, ever... And I think it's also about culture of Mizrahi people compared to, you know, I have a, a lot of Ashkenazi Jewish friends. The, the, the way they think about food is super different. It's very calculated. You want to know how many people exactly come into how much to cook. For us, there is, it, it, you will never want that somebody wants something and it's finished. Hmm. It almost never happened. There is always leftover and always extra and double food. And I like that about her. So when we go to her house, it's like always like 10 pots on the stove and there is always people come and go. It could be she has five kids now, they have a lot of grandkids, but it's not just the family, it's the neighbor and the friend and they're passing by and somebody that knows, like it became a very iconic for me, you know, mm-hmm. she people will come and go like it's a restaurant, open the pot. She always want to feed everyone. It's super important that nobody leave her house without eating something. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more about, it's not just the food, of course, she, she would cook everything. If it's Moroccan food and Libyan food, Persian, Iraq, all kind of variety of Middle East and North African food. But like, 
I think it's not just behind the test, the taste story. It's just, it's also about the generosity about the food. When you face challenges or life becomes difficult, how do you respond in those times? That's a good question. <laughs> no, your questions are great, actually. I usually get the same exact questions for you. Same, 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 same. The next question is going to be how is to be a woman in a kitchen? I hope not, right? No. Anyway. <laughs> From your perspective, what is so powerful about people eating meals together? Why does this create such bonds between people? For me, it's a lot about comfort. Mm. It's a lot about food. I, I'm also very, for example, when I'm hungry, I'm not pleasant at all. <laughs> I'm getting aggressive and a, a little bitchy. So <laughs> I know that when I'm, I'm like, I think food is comforting. Mm. Food is a uh, conversation and food is like... You know, I'm talking a lot to a Middle Eastern, like Palestinian friend, Lebanese, like we always have like this tension, you know, about the food and the territory of the food. So many conversations about that. But when I have people that think like me and we talk about food, we always laughing about that there is no supposed to be. And the reason of all this, you know, kind of accusation is absolutely not about the food, but it's definitely about about politics. And mm. when we put that aside, things are getting much easier. Mm. For chefs who are aspiring to create a cuisine that's a reflection of who they are and their life experience, what advice do you have for them as they grow, study, and learn to be a chef that creates more than great food, but an experience that impacts our world in a positive way? Wow, that's a long question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's long. I try to I now be divided to three questions. <laughs> Basically, I always encourage people to go back to the roots. I remember back in the day, Israeli didn't want to do their own cuisine. Israeli started doing their own cuisine when it became trend and became easier to say I'm Israeli and I'm doing Israeli food. I never met an Israeli in New York that was excited about showing what is, you know, falafel or any Arabic. It was also always a question. Is that really Israeli food and what is that? So I always encourage, I had a friend 
it's funny, I had, it's a good example. I had a friend 20 years ago in New York. He did all kind of fusion and French, and he was uh, originally from Texas, but Mexican. An amazing chef. And I always tell him, and he looked at me like kind of, you know, insulted almost. I said, you should do, go to Mexican food with all your knowledge and all your technique from all kind of places. And I think he's one of the most successful chefs in Texas today for Mexican food. So mm. he went back like a lot of us, like a lot of people I know that went back because it, there is a story behind it. There is authenticity that that's what, that's what I want to see. Mm. I want to go and eat a meal and feel like there is a story behind it. It's not just they try to impress me by how technical the food is or conceptual. This is not what I care. I care about the story behind, like where he got it. There is, that's what it's for me, going to our roots and cooking our own food. Oh, I love that. All right, I always end the show with six quick questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to run through these six quick questions with me? Sure. Okay, who are you? Scary, th- but yes. <laughs> who are you thankful for today? Wow, my husband. Hmm. And now that we've covered who... What are you thankful for today? Being healthy. Hmm. And how do you fuel the fire within you? Wow. I keep my mind always open. That's one of the main things is I try to, we all as a chef and not just human, we have a lot of ego. (laughs) So I try to kind of put that aside and keep my mind open to receive new concepts and new ideas. Hmm. What is one thing adversity taught you to value? Be thankful. And what are you doing today you may have never thought you could? Stand up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and what will you do tomorrow or in the future that you may have never thought you could? I would say sing, sing, but that I can never do in a million years. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Wow, I want to say dance, but too old for that shit as well. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a hard thing. Uh, I kind of did most of the stuff I really want to do in life. But yeah, a struggle. I would want to, like the one thing that I never thought is to take a year of sabbatical kind of and travel with my kids around the world. That's mm. the one thing that I'm still dreaming that I can see how I do it. So. All right. How can people learn more about you and your work? I'm really open cards. There is, you can check anything very, very easy. Okay. There is no much secret about me. <laughs> it's such an honor to talk with you. Thanks for joining me on the show today, taking time out. Uh-huh. Really appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll send you a message on Instagram when the show goes live. Really appreciate your time and have a great day. Of course. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.